0: Hello, Word Nerds. Welcome to another very special episode of the Dictionary Podcast. It is special because I have another guest. Uh, I, as I have mentioned before, this is something that I am I'm trying to do more frequently. I've been contacting a bunch of people. Um, so today we have Becky. How are you doing, Becky?
1: Doing all right. How about you?
0: I'm good. I'm very happy to have you on this podcast. Um, and for... Uh, just to be perfectly transparent with everybody, I am recording this out of order. The previous two episodes, the ones that you guys heard for the last two days, I have not actually recorded yet. So I, you know, I didn't want uh, I didn't want Becky to have to comment on words like binucleate or biochemical oxygen demand. I think we've got something that might she might feel a little bit more comfortable commenting on. Um, so Becky, the uh, one of the main goals for having guests on is to is to help promote them uh, to give you a place where you can you can talk about something that you're working on a project whatever you want so what what if, what have you got to plug for us today and all my listeners
1: well I have been working on a little uh, side hustle art and design business I am a graphic design major but I've been interested in fine arts and drawing and painting since I've been a little kid um, I'm also a huge animal lover and a big pet nerd so uh, when all the pandemic stuff went down and I lost my job at a restaurant as a bartender and server, I decided to take uh, matters in my own hands and start doing some pet portraits just to make a little bit of extra money on the side. And it's kind of taken off a bit. I have a decent amount of, a decent portfolio of clients. So I've been working in mostly water and color and ink right now, but a little multimedia acrylic as well with some um, 3D elements in some of the pieces. And I have a little uh, business called Becky Blue Designs, and it focuses mainly on pet portraiture. So I do dogs. I do cats. I've done only dogs and cats up till now, but I am definitely willing to do any other kind of animal. Um, I've drawn other animals in the past. So if you've got lizards, you've got hamsters, rabbits, I can do those too. Um, yeah, Becky Blue Designs. And if you want to find me, I am on Facebook at Becky Blue Designs. So.
0: Awesome. And I will uh, I'll post a link to that in uh, the episode description. And of course, because uh, cause I post stuff on Instagram, I will post a couple example pictures of your work as well. Um, so if you want to send me something... Uh, later, that would be awesome. I I have seen some of fo- uh, some photos of these portraits, and they are absolutely amazing. Um, they the the quality of her work is stellar. Uh, I thought that I saw some watercolors. I didn't realize you did some acrylic and, and some sort of three D stuff. So that is super awesome.
1: Thanks. Well, I really appreciate the support, and uh, yeah, I'll send you over some stuff. So
0: awesome. Yeah. Hopefully, you can get some other animals in there, like pigs and llamas and i would
1: love to i would love to so if anybody you know is listening to this podcast and has an oddball pet you know get a hold of me i would love to be uh i'd love to draw some other little critters and beasties so
0: (laughs) that's awesome and we have we have two cats so we might have to uh, hit you up on that sounds like you've been a little bit busy um but uh hey it, it it's good work and i hope that you get some more from this
1: well thank you much
0: of course all right should we talk about some words
1: let's let's do some word stuff
0: all right, this is the weirdest podcast in the world. Okay, the first word for this episode is biodiversity. Speaking of animals and stuff, um, it is spelled <laughs> just because I like to spell the first and the last words. B I O D I V E R S I T Y. Uh, the word is similar to university, so I wanna I wanna go to a. A biodiversity university. I don't know. That was a terrible joke. Um, Okay, so this one is a noun from 1985. The definition says, biological diversity in an environment as indicated by numbers of different species of plants and animals. And biodiverse is an adjective.
1: Adjective. Well, I mean, I would like to get a little more biodiversity in my uh, art portfolio. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of biodiversity in my front lawn right now too. We have a lot of weeds, probably making my neighbors angry. So,
0: <laughs> now, what, what sort of animals uh, are in your front lawn?
1: Um, you know, I don't know. Probably a lot of bugs. We got some. Got a couple. Uh, got a couple of birds. We got a lot of stray dogs and stray cats. That's for sure. Raccoons. Uh, seen a coyote couple there we actually was deer running around at one point which is strange because we do do live in kind of a like more well i'd say semi-urban suburban area so but uh yeah we sometimes like to go for little walks and look at the animals in the neighborhood at night which are like i said mainly raccoons and strays so
0: yeah do i remember hearing some story about like a skunk or something that happened or am i mixing up my animal
1: there's usually a lot of skunks around here. I haven't really smelled them this season that much. We used to have a couple neighbor dogs, though, that would get skunked all the time. So they're definitely around. Oh, there was one year when we first moved in, we had a ton of skunks. And uh, we'd go for walks at night. And once again, we'd, we'd turn a corner and there'd be a skunk doing its little stompy thing. We're like, OK, we're, we're moving. We're going. We're leaving. So yeah, there have been a, a few skunk incidents, but not recently. Not as much as when we first moved in around here. So
0: Yeah, you got to just walk the other way when you see a skunk.
1: Yeah, I don't mess with them. I don't. I don't need to smell like a skunk, no. <laughs> especially for what I do. So. Yeah.
0: All right. We are going to move on to the next word. It is biodynamic. Obviously, we are in the section of the uh, the prefix bio. Uh, this is an adjective from 1939, of or relating to a system of farming that uses only organic materials for fertilizing and soil conditioning. Biodynamics is um, also a noun. Do you do do any gardening or farming or anything like that?
1: You know, we do. We have a little plot of, we have a couple little garden beds out in front of our house. And uh, his aunt and uncle put them in as a wedding gift for us. Now, we've been trying to do some organic farming the past few years. The first year went well. Uh, I actually think they use some organics. They have a little compost heap they'll bring, and they got chickens, so I think they use some chicken poop. It's supposed to be good fertilizer, too. But um, we haven't had very good luck the past couple years. I don't know if it's our uh, our biodynamic fertilizer isn't working well or if we just suck at gardening. But but uh, we've had a couple bunk harvests. We're hoping we have better luck this year. Weather's been weird, too, so... Well, yeah. yeah we do tr- definitely try to grow some food and uh we got some good herbs the kale plant really did well lasted for a couple years We had a couple herb plants last well um but yeah the tomatoes they're always just I don't know has hasn't worked out very well for us. I have a brown thumb I'm horrible <laughs> At that kind of plant stuff. I'm more of an animal person than a plant person, for sure.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think I would do a terrible job if I had a garden. Uh, Yeah, I remember once we were over there and uh, you showed us some little peppers that you were growing. I think that might have been a few years ago.
1: Yeah, we did. That was one of the first harvests we had. We had some potted pepper plants and they did awesome. We had a really hot summer, though, so I think they liked the weather. Uh, we've tried a couple of them years past, you know, years after that. And they just, we'll get a decent harvest, but like we did some serranos last year and I think we got like five peppers off the whole plant, <laughs> and, uh, green peppers, same thing, a couple of them. And then like something will eat one of them and you won't get like two. I don't know. We, like I said, bad luck. But Tom does love his pepper plants though. We, we will be planting some more of those this year. So hopefully we get a summer where we can actually get a good, uh, good harvest out of them so
0: yeah 2020 is just a terrible year in general so I'm hoping uh yeah you have a good harvest and everything is much better next year
1: something's got to go right with this year so maybe that'll be it
0: (laughs) yeah maybe (laughs) all right (laughs) we'll get lucky our next word is bioelectric these are not uh those are not two parts of the word that I would expect to go together um it could also be bioelectrical this is an adjective from 1914 of or relating to electric phenomena, as uh, no in living organisms, bioelectricity is a noun. So I'm I, I'm guessing the first one I can think of would be the electric eel.
1: Yeah, you know, and it's funny. I just watched like a little like video. They there's a uh, we watch a lot of YouTube. There's a show called Animal Logic that we watch all the time, and uh, they just did a little mini documentary on bioelectric organisms and yeah definitely the electric eel i think there were some species of um i know sharks use the electromagnetic stuff on their nose there are a few Mm, other ones that i can't remember off the top of my head there's a bunch of them that use electricity either to stun prey or to to stimulate prey to come closer to them and it's kind of an interesting phenomena
0: yeah isn't it maybe is it the the angler fish or something that has that like little light at the end
1: that is bioluminescence I want to uh, say. Yeah, That's yeah, like yeah. when they actually light up and there's chemicals with that. But the electrical is where they're actually producing an electric current with their body. And I know the eels are a big one. I can't remember what there's there're a couple other animals that do it. Oh, actually platypus. I think the duckbill platypus really? actually has uh, yeah, I, if I'm recalling correctly, there's something electrical about it. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm
0: uh, honestly, out of my behind here. Those, those creatures are so weird that I would not be surprised. And that does that does remind me that, or, or I, it sort of sounds familiar. That I, I feel like I have heard that they have some sort of electrical thing in them.
1: I know they got spurs too. They got like poison or they're venomous. But like, I, yeah, mm-hmm. something about bioelectrical on that one too. It's, now I got to look it up again. Yeah, now I'm. <laughs> it's,
0: it's funny not- that you mentioned the duckbill platypus because the last episode that I had with guests on the duckbill platypus was brought up at that time as well
1: <laughs> it's just a weird i mean what, what isn't what isn't interesting about that animal i understand what it's, <laughs> All it's that thing a was evolved
0: crazy crazy animal yeah now i really want to know if they have a bioelectricity in them um
1: yeah now, f- I, now i gotta look this up bioelectric yeah. platypus and
0: how funny that you just watched a show about bioelectric animals
1: it wasn't too long ago, and of course, I can't remember anything. But uh, <laughs> it was uh, everything kind of blurs together during this quarantine. It could have been like two months ago during the quarantine, and I, like it was the like, yesterday. Yeah, I Planet don't, plus. I don't remember
0: anything from five minutes ago, even. Um, but we are going to move forward and talk about bioenergetics. Energetics, yeah, bioenergetics. bio-energetics. This is an interesting one. Uh, this is a noun from 1912. We have a couple definitions. Number one. The biology of energy transformations and energy exchanges, as in photosynthesis, within and between living things and their environments. And then number two says, a system of physical and psychological, I want to make sure it's not physiological. Yeah, it says psychological therapy that is held to increase well-being by releasing blocked physical and psychic energy. And bioenergetic is an adjective.
1: Is that like Reiki or is it is that how you pronounce it? Reiki like the people who work with like energy like they're supposed to be able to like feel your aura or something you go in and they're they put their hands over you and they they unblock your chakras or something. I yeah, I I think
0: that's how it's pronounced. I have never had Reiki done, but I I'm I'm feel pretty confident that based on that number 2 definition that's probably how they would describe it. Um and I, yeah, photosynthesis, I mean that's something that's Happening all the time, plants and trees, and I guess it's called bioenergetics.
1: Interesting, huh? I had no idea. I guess something you're, you're making energy out of. Well, yeah, the chlorophyll. You got the sun. So, yep, yep, Interesting, interesting.
0: All right, our next word is bioengineer. This is a much more, a much simpler concept for my brain. Uh, this one is. Yeah, I know somebody <laughs> like what? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, So this is a transitive verb from 1951 to modify or produce by bioengineering, as in bioengineered insulin. Bioengineer is also a noun. I'm wondering why um, they chose to put in the verb version in here and not the noun version. I guess the noun version would just say something like the person who does bioengineering. So they might as well put the verb in there. Yeah, right.
1: Somebody who bioengineers, because like even the bioengineer, I guess you got to go back down. You got to go down to bioengineering to figure out what the bioengineer even does. So, yep, guess, yep, you know, just no redundancy, I guess.
0: Uh, do you know any bioengineers? I don't think I do.
1: I don't think I know anybody who actually does like bioengineering. Maybe I do. And I just don't know enough about their job to know that that's what they actually do. But um yeah, I have no clue. You got me on that one. I would think it would be people who do like yeah. They, you said bioengineering. What insulin? Yeah, that or, was the uh, that was
0: one of the examples. Yeah, Like insulin is bioengineered.
1: You got me on that. Couldn't couldn't tell you. Well, maybe I do. Maybe I don't. <laughs> maybe if somebody listens to this and they're a bioengineer, let me know.
0: Yeah, call in. Let us know. Um, So, if you want to learn a little bit more about bioengineering, that is our next word. It is a noun from circa 1954. So, the word bioengineer came out in 1951, but bioengineering didn't come out until 1954. Uh, Again, we have a couple definitions for this one. Number one, biological or medical application of engineering principles or engineering equipment. Called also biomedical engineering, and then we have number two, the application of biological techniques as genetic recombination to create modified versions of organisms as crops. Crops is an example of that, and then we have uh, especially the synonym genetic engineering. So genetic engineering, I guess, is a form of bioengineering.
1: Hmm. Well, yeah, like genetically GMOs, things like that. So people who work for like uh, Monsanto and places like that, or the people who cloned sheep, probably too. Oh think, yeah, uh, that's got to be some kind of genetic engineering going on.
0: Yep, I'm sure they would be considered bioengineers. And the funny thing, cloning I, people. The thing that I realized, or that I I, I realized about GMOs is that technically everything is a genetically modified organism you know oh, we, yeah. we've bred uh, oh, for sure. dogs and even bananas i mean the original form of banana was something that wasn't really edible by humans and they just bred it over and over again to be something that we could actually eat uh so.
1: another thing about bananas they're actually all the bananas that live right now are actually clones like the same bananas they're called Cavendish. Cavendish, I believe. Um, there was a banana that they used to grow in the 50s and it got some kind of fungi or some parasite or some bug or something attacked it and killed them all. And they had to restart with another crop of bananas because I think the way they don't actually have seeds because they don't have seeds, they have to actually clone the plants. So every banana you eat is actually like a clone of the same banana like tree that they split over and over again. And uh, the, the breed that's, like, most popular is the Cavendish, and that's the one you get in the stores all the time. But, yeah, that definitely, the bananas used to have, like, massive seeds in them, and they were barely edible. And pretty much everything we've agriculturally crossbred, I mean, you, our cats and dogs and you name it, any, any kind of livestock, I mean, it doesn't mean you're going in and messing with the genes with, like, test right. tubes and, you know, splicing. It just means you're crossbreeding stuff. Um, so, yeah, definitely uh, GMOs are just anything that we've, We've futzed with over the years, and uh, you know, produced used to produce things that are uh, better, easier to eat, or you know, dogs that are working dogs that have certain traits, things like that. Like, basset hound is a GMO.
0: It is. It's it's so funny to look at all the different breeds of dogs, and then you look and like thousands of years ago, they just all came from the wolf. Every single breed of dog yeah, came right. from wolf. From you know, great Danes to little teacup whatevers, and.
1: And it's interesting. Like it didn't happen. It didn't take that long. Cause what did we domesticate them like ten thousand years ago or something like that? So in the course of that time, it's been like insane the amount of things we've done to dogs just by crossbreeding them and and selective breeding them. And it's pretty pretty insane. Like the poor little pugs with <laughs> oh, <laughs> the yeah. little flat, smooshy faces. So
0: yeah, you you look at pictures of of, of a breed of dog even just from a hundred years ago, and it looks surprisingly different.
1: hmm For sure. It's crazy how quick, well, even those, uh, what do they do with the foxes in Russia? The guy that did the fox project that had the silver foxes that he would crossbreed, and uh, he'd only pick the friendliest ones, and that's only been going on. I think oh, it's yeah. still happening. It's some some guy out there, they own like a... A fox breeding place, and they try to breed domestic foxes. And they, even the ones that uh, have the most uh, domestic traits, like the friendliest, you know, nicest ones, they'll crossbreed with each other and they start showing things like spotted coats and curly tails and mm-hmm. all the stuff we start seeing in dog species, you know. So it's pretty nuts how that's happened. Now, there's cats on the other hand here. I'm looking at my two, they haven't changed much since the sand cat, but they don't really work for us that much, except for catching mice. So it's not really traits you want to breed in and out of them. You're like, oh, well, it looks kind of cool. I think that's the only reason we want to breed cats is because they look cool. Other than that, they're, they're like, we ain't working for you.
0: <laughs> no, cats don't give a <laughs> crap. No, no, they don't. Well, they, we, we don't
1: work for humans.
0: We could talk all day about animals because I we're both huge animal lovers. Um, oh, yeah.
1: I'll just start going off. Yeah, me too.
0: <laughs> um, but we are going to move on to bioequivalence. This is an interesting word. It is a noun from right. 1977. The property wherein two drugs with identical active ingredients or two different dosage forms of the same drug possess similar bioavailability and produce the same effect at the site of physiological activity. Bioequivalent is an adjective. So is it just Hmm. saying that there are two drugs that in two different dosage forms will do the same thing or something?
1: I'm assuming or like two different drugs that do the same thing or they have all well, they have identical active ingredients yeah Maybe they're but like they different have different drugs.
0: dosage forms um yeah huh interesting concept
1: interesting I, I don't know much of, much about that I don't know I guess there's only so much coffee I could drink so you know <laughs> I guess it, <laughs> I have no idea
0: <laughs> all right you should do an experiment you get one coffee and then the next day try another coffee and see if they have a bio equivalence if you have the same yeah effect. right yeah
1: I'll compare the different brands of intelligentsia I right, and see right. what happens. So the <laughs> different style or different uh, varieties of intelligentsia. So,
0: well, not all of these words are winners. Uh, there's not always yeah. stuff to say about them. So
1: sometimes I just got, I got a what? So <laughs> yeah, I got nothing. Okay.
0: So next word is bioethics. This one's interesting. Noun from 1971, a discipline dealing with the ethical implications of biological research and applications, especially in medicine, bioethical is an adjective, and bioethicist is a noun. So that's somebody who just literally—that's probably their job—is dealing with the ethical implications of biological research and applications.
1: Now, do they like listen to these bioethicists, or is it like somebody they hire? Like, should we do this or shouldn't we do this? You know, kind of like Jurassic Park, where like should be like what was it? Jeff Goldblum said the scientists were so interested in whether or not they could, they didn't think about whether or not they should. So I guess they got somebody like Jeff Goldblum telling him what to do or something. Is that why they hired him? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, but I don't uh, think
0: that was his official uh, job title, but he was definitely He was a mathematician. A, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He dealt with <laughs> chaos theory and crazy stuff.
1: All that stuff. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you got to have somebody telling you because there's some psychos out there. I mean, they'd be like crossbreeding sheep with like, well, let's keep grandma's brain alive in this sheep. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. You got to I mean,
0: call in a bioethicist to say, no, nah, maybe you shouldn't do that.
1: Probably probably a bad idea. You know, we should just not, not don't do this one. This nah. just stop. This is gonna end up bad.
0: Alright. Our next word is biofeedback, noun from nineteen seventy. The technique of making unconscious or involuntary bodily processes as heartbeats or brain waves perceptible to the senses as by the use of an oscilloscope in order to manipulate them by conscious mental control. Ooh, this sounds so interesting
1: that sounds kind of cool. I've never, you know, and I know they do the biofeedback kind of treatment, but is it kind of like, you know, meditation where you can kind of control your heart rate or where you try to control your breathing? Yeah. Or isn't that kind of like biofeedback techniques you can use by yourself doing that kind of thing. It's kind of interesting. I want to, I want to control my, my, uh, my heartbeat.
0: Yeah. I, I've got, uh, I've got an Apple watch and on the Apple watch you can, uh, it, it'll check your heart rate. And so sometimes I'll just look at it and then I'll, I'll sort of either do deep breathing to try and slow down my heart rate, or um, you know, maybe just think a little bit harder and see if I can adjust it a little bit. I mean, I th- you know, I think even just with breathing quicker or slower, you can definitely adjust your heart rate. But I've never done it with an oscilloscope. But also brain waves, changing your brain waves. Yeah, right. That sounds cool. That's
1: very interesting. Like trying to control maybe the way you, uh, yeah. Well, I guess it's brain waves that control all of your involuntary muscle movements and all your smooth muscle and all that stuff so i guess it makes sense your brain's working to control all that somehow
0: yeah and i mean meditating you're you're definitely changing your brain waves the more you do that
1: Mm -hmm. for sure so they say interesting stuff we'll look into that a little bit more yeah
0: yeah all right our next word is biofilm this is one word it's like spelled like the film that you watch in a movie theater this is a noun from 1981 a thin usually resistant layer of microorganisms as bacteria that form on and coat various surfaces now obviously that had nothing to do with movies i was just trying to give you an example of what how it was spelled um a thin layer of microorganisms doesn't sound like something that i want
1: interesting yeah it seems like uh the scuzz that forms on the bottom of the cat's water dish if you don't clean it every day, like mm-hmm. the slimy stuff that gets on there. <laughs> like I don't know. I'd say biofilm. Sure some I think I and I think I do now recall useful like useful properties of it. Like there's certain stuff that they use it for that it helps protect against other things and I don't know the ins and outs of it though. So Yeah,
0: you know, if you've got like a, a milk or something or, or some sort of liquid or whatever, there's always it. It gets that little film on top if it sits too long. And I now I'm gonna try and remember to start calling it a biofilm, the the appropriate name <laughs> for it instead of just a film. Exactly. I wonder if the the microorganisms on our body would be considered a biofilm. Probably not, but
1: yeah. Uh, yeah, more like well, I don't. It says usually resistant, but then don't they say you could like scrub off the layer of? Cause you're not supposed to shower every day for that reason, because you're supposed to have like skin bacteria that supposedly protects you against getting infections oh, and rashes and stuff. I but, must like, have
0: an amazing biofilm on me then. It,
1: it, it, I, well, I haven't showered yet today, so I got somewhat of a biofilm, <laughs> but I can't go too long. I don't know how people like don't shower for a week.
0: Like oh god, oh, no. god like
1: and. Yeah, I think the part of the reason you smell bad is because, like, the bad bacteria can build up on you. So once you develop, like, that that layer of, like, protective microbes, like the good bacteria on your skin, it's supposed to help. I think with you stinking, but in the meantime, you got to walk around and stink, and I just don't know how great that would be. At it now.
0: Yeah, I don't Yeah, I couldn't go more than a day or two, I think.
1: Yeah, no, me neither.
0: But during this quarantine, there's a lot of people who I think are showering less.
1: Yeah, they say. I mean, maybe if I wasn't working out every day, but that's another thing. Like you're sweating and you're getting smelly, and I just, I just would be a disgusting, greasy, stink ball. And and like I said, my, I I wait tables and bartend for a living. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants that at all.
0: Well, so. I'm sure that people want to hear us talking more about stinky, how, how stinky we are. But we <laughs> smelly are smelly biofilm, <laughs> right? We are going to move on to bioflavonoid, or actually, it's bioflavonoid. This is a noun from 1952. Any of various biologically active flavonoids, as hesperidin and quercetin, derived from plants and found especially in fruits and vegetables, as citrus fruits. I've heard of flavonoid, but I I haven't heard of bioflavonoid.
1: Yeah, right. Maybe that's just made by a plant. Flavonoids is, that, is flavonoids, and they use that in like when you're making like artificial flavorings and things like that. I think there was a big thing like weren't they saying there's certain flavonoids and like I don't know were they saying uh, I can't remember what like dangerous was it pesticides had it in there or something just because it sounded like a chemical they were saying the same Lacroix has the same kind of chemicals is your pesticide i'm like well yeah well, it's like something that comes from an orange and right, you
0: know, right a lot right. of times
1: i think i think a lot of times uh citrus fruits develop those to protect them against bugs and stuff too like a lot of fruits and vegetables naturally have pesticides that occur i don't know if it's a flavonoid or not maybe i'm guessing on this uh, one, it
0: probably is um and the couple examples that they gave are uh hesperidin that is spelled h-e-s-p-e-r-i-d-i-n and the other one was quercetin q-u-e-r-c-e-t-i-n i I like to spell some of those weird words because i have never seen those words before
1: yeah i wouldn't even know how to go about pronouncing that correctly
0: (laughs) i probably (laughs) screwed it up our next word is biofouling b-i-o-f-o-u-l-i-n-g this is a noun from 1943 the gradual accumulation of waterborne organisms, as bacteria and protozoa, on the surfaces of engineering structures in water, that contributes to corrosion of the structure and to a decrease in the efficiency of moving parts.
1: Hmm. Interesting. I could see. I could see things being underwater and getting kind of nasty. Do like the barnacles. You know how they say they're on the ships and they can mess things up. I don't know if that would, they're not bacteria or protozoa, but like. When ships get covered in barnacles and, like, you got to scrape them off. Otherwise, oh, yeah. it could mess up stuff. So, yeah, a lot of little, little critters in that water. Probably don't want near your... No. It does say waterborne
0: organisms, bacteria, protozoa. So, I don't know if the barnacles would be considered. But, I mean, they are definitely waterborne organisms. So, they might be considered biofouling. Interesting.
1: Yeah, huh? That, that, I, that I don't know. I'm not, I'm not working in a shipyard, so, or no. with engineering equipment, like building bridges and stuff, I'm sure.
0: It's something that they have to think about.
1: Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, it's something you don't even think about. You're like, oh, I'm just going to build this in water. Oh, crap. It doesn't work anymore. <laughs> Stupid microorganisms.
0: Doing the biofouling. All right, our next word is biofuel, like the gas in your car. This one is a noun from 1970. A fuel, as wood or ethanol, composed of or produced from biological raw materials and then compared to fossil fossil fuel um I, I i think that's the same thing fossil fuel and biofuel
1: i guess the biofuel is just a really young fossil fuel if you think about it that way i mean it's you no know, fossil fuel basically used to be a biofuel it's usually plants or stuff that was smooshed like carbon from dead rotting trees that were in a swamp and Interesting stuff. Yeah, but yeah, you got your corn, you got your ethanol, things like that. So
0: I didn't realize you can make biofuel from wood. I mean, I know you know wood burns and there's energy,
1: but I think you could get somehow get alcohol out of wood. I think, mm. or there's some way to do it. Yeah, that's I think there's any anything you can probably get alcohol out of. You could probably make a biofuel out of if it burns like that. So I would think anything that anything that decomposes or could ferment or stuff like that yeah interesting stuff i
0: like seeing that there's a lot more of electric cars and things like that alternative fuel sources because we definitely cannot keep on going with the fossil fuels and the oils the way that the world is going
1: yeah we could figure something else out it's just that certain people don't want to (laughs) it's all about money (laughs) i I, yeah it all is there's are like well wait a minute what's gonna happen to my big giant empire oh so yeah, I believe we're, we're one of the most innovative, we are the most innovative species on the planet. I mean, I don't know what the dolphins are doing that I don't know about, but, uh, but yeah, we, we could figure something else out. I'm, I am under that, that notion too. It's just, we could, but certain people don't want to. Yeah.
0: So. I think dolphins have some secret underwater, uh, science labs where they're, they're working on new stuff.
1: They do. They do. They're looking to get out of here, just like what was the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Mm-hmm, yeah. They're like, "Peace out, <laughs> we're leaving now." <laughs> so,
0: all right. Our next word is an abbreviation. It's the word biog, b-i-o-g. It is an abbreviation for biographer, biographical, or biography. That's it for that one.
1: <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. We are going to do one more. He-
0: yeah, we're gonna do one more for this episode. It is biogas. I this is something that I have a lot of. It is spelled.
1: <laughs> you just you just said gas. Yes. I'm laughing now. So.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um it is spelled B-I-O-G-A-S. It is a noun from 1971, a mixture of methane and carbon dioxide produced by the bacterial decomposition of organic wastes and used as a fuel. Oh, if I could use my farts as a fuel, that would be amazing.
1: See, and there we have it. I mean, how many farts? I mean, all you got to do is live in my house and, you know, I mean, we could probably power this whole block. I mean, <laughs> it's like, come on, man, everybody powers their own.
0: I really hope that scientists are working on this technology.
1: They better, man. They totally better. And actually, I think that was, I was I, one, one other stupid. Like I said, I, I like the YouTube documentaries. And we were actually reading something about biofuel and uh, converting uh, sewage waste into um, usable energy. And there are a whole lot of problems with it. But I think they are working on it. So it would be nice to. I mean, we got a whole, we got a whole lot of it, man. We have got to be able to do something with that. Otherwise, it's just sitting there going to waste. You know, Why waste perfectly good farts?
0: Maybe that's what the dolphins are working on.
1: Yeah, they're, they're, they got a little thing. They're working on that. That's how they're getting out of here, man. That's their main fuel source. Like, stupid humans keep dumping their waste into the oceans. We'll show them. Most
0: humans don't realize that dolphins are very farty. Are very what? Very farty.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sure they are. So, so is everything, man. Except for my cats. I don't know. Do cats fart? I, I don't hear them. I never really... Uh, it's rare. It smells, but you're like, hey, is it a cat? It's not like dogs. Dogs are, dogs are a different story. Dogs stink. <laughs> I love dogs, but they're stinky.
0: And on that note, um, I am actually going to have you pick your word of the episode. And if you want, I can sort of, I can just read through the words again to give you a reminder. And you can use whatever criteria you want. Um, you could pick your favorite, pick whatever, whatever you want. So if you want, I can read you the list.
1: I actually, we had, we had some good. Uh, I think uh, maybe biogas because it made me laugh.
0: <laughs> I think that's a perfect word.
1: I biogas is great. I mean, who, who doesn't laugh at farts? I just, I'm sorry, I had to go there.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love. Uh, toilet humor so that's it that is the end of the episode thank you for for doing this i know it's a little bit awkward over the over the phone it's not in person uh there's a little bit of a delay but uh you know i you you did an awesome job talking about all of these strange words um and of course to all my listeners i hope you go check out becky's work her amazing pet portraits and um and again I'll, i'll i'll post a picture
1: well, thank you very much, Spencer. And I hope we all get to hang out and do this in person again soon. I uh, definitely am looking forward to to hanging and having a eating and drinking and talking about bioengineering. yeah, someday. <laughs> whatever else. We'll
0: we'll sit in the sit in the lawn, you know, six to ten feet apart or something and 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 we'll hang out
1: exactly so we'll have a little bio maybe maybe they'll figure out biofilm to protect us i don't know yeah figure that out somehow
0: (laughs) so that is the end of the episode thank you to everybody for listening and uh until next time this has been spencer dispensing information goodbye